Hi, I'm Olgie. I'm Georgia, and this is Girls on Film. A show where we talk about our favourite uses of songs in films. We'll discuss what the songs bring in terms of meaning, atmosphere and aesthetic. After which, we'll play the song. This week we're discussing the 80s coming-of-age classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off, directed by John Hughes. So, you have never seen the film until we watched it this week to discuss. Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching it. It's quite interesting that you're watching this coming-of-age film as someone who's now 20. So you've seen this... I don't know, I'm interested to hear your opinion. Um, my opinion is that I actually found it funnier than I thought it was going to be. Because it is a coming-of-age film, I did think it was going to be a bit more directed just for teenagers at school. Maybe a you know, bit more cringe. Of, yeah, you know, sort of like people bunking off school and a bit silly. Yeah. But I think actually watching it at 20, it still was quite funny to actually watch i mean what do you think i think it is funny it's also i think there's so much deeper meaning involved yeah. I was gonna it's say, not I just feel a like, comedy yeah no actually you know watching it maybe a bit older than the actual attended audience of you know maybe 16 year olds yeah you actually do pick up a lot of the deeper meanings behind it, and particularly cameron's character yeah there's a lot going on there you know ferris is still quite a light-hearted lad mm-hmm. messing around but cameron there's he there's a lot more to him than meets the surface. Yeah, I think their friend. I think there's a lot of sort of philosophical, psychological kind of insight you could read into it. Definitely, I heard somewhere that Cameron is who people really are, and yeah. Ferris is who everyone wants to be. Yeah, actually, that's quite interesting because you also do see how Ferris is just sort of you know everyone would want to be like him at school you yeah know, they're all obsessed with him and there's he's the cool of, you know, kid yeah you know like yeah definitely like the cool kid on the block who everyone's sort of you know oh Ferris is doing this but Cameron and he also does express the worry which I think everyone does feel inside. yeah Cameron's character is like mm. the voice at the back of everyone's definitely. head I mean you definitely see that when he's speaking to Sloan mm-hmm. when it's just the two of them before the parade starts mm-hmm. and he basically just admits that he actually doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and yeah. Sloane is also saying, you know what, I actually don't know what I want to study. I don't know what my plan is. And they both just laugh it off. And yeah. I think there is an element in everyone our age still at uni. Yeah. Sort of being like, you know, we enjoy life, but there is still so much confusion about our future plans. Yeah. And Cameron's character does definitely bring that element of, you know, confusion for your future and uncertainty that lies ahead of you in your path. Also his familial issues oh yeah definitely that's got again not a light-hearted theme to be in such a light-hearted film. yeah again like, that's something that's really contrasted against yeah. ferris yeah definitely who we were saying has an interesting well it's just it's not even documented that much in the film but he has a really nice relationship with his father completely and that's actually something i did pick up on because i was thinking for a film to be made when it was Mm -hmm. 1980s yeah 1983 yeah exactly i didn't think i normally i think lots of the dads depicted in that sort of genre that time age of films are in a sort of absent you're not really involved in the children's lives not really showing the affection whereas there he is you know calling him pal, ringing in from work to check in on him. Yeah, he him tells hugs. him Yeah, he tells him it's, to take a bath, make some yeah. soup, do all these things yeah. that are like self-care and maybe would be seen as like, oh, like, don't be in touch with the feminine but, side. And then right before hanging mm. up, he's like, oh, pal, like, love you. Yeah, but I think there's something quite actually interesting about Ferris's family in that sense. Yeah. That the mum is also, again, for a 1980s film, mm-hmm. she, you actually see her at work. Yeah, as you've it, got she two... She discusses her you've job. You've got two working parents in yeah. her... Film, well, coming of age films are usually about 
the family unit yeah. as well and it's quite interesting again yeah, yeah seeing no, two working parents definitely but then also to, the way they've depicted the mom is interesting in terms of not just a family setting but all the female characters there yeah. is quite an independence to them all for again a film written in you know not written you know directed in 1983 yeah that they are all none of them are pushovers mm-hmm. none of them are sort of you know, just sort of freely girls standing to the side and letting Ferris do his thing. Yeah. They all actually have... Jean is really interesting. I mean, yeah. we'll talk about... I think we should go into more detail about Jean yeah. and Sloane definitely later on. Yeah. Should we... Discuss segue into our first oh, I song? I think we shall. Let's go for um, it. So we're going to do the songs chronologically. The first song we're going to play is what we hear when, first of all, when Cameron and... Ferris are kind of pranking around and well first of all when Ferris is on the phone to Cameron and he's breaking the fourth wall and then he's talking to the camera talking about Cameron's problems and then we see the song played properly when they're driving away in this amazing Ferrari together yeah. and it's like you don't see the front of them you see the back of them driving off into yeah. the sun which is quite cool so the song is called Love Missile F111 and here it is let's click play
So despite us starting off this maybe a bit seriously, despite this being a comedy, that's actually a really uplifting song, and I really yeah. do like that scene. Definitely, this song it's quite a punky sound to the yeah, song. Yeah, it's so it? teenage. Yeah, definitely, and it, I guess it fits in with the fact that they are being very teenagery. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, the beginning of the film showing their age, bumping yeah. off school, driving in a fancy car. It's very sort of you know energetic. It's a lot it. of fun. Let's talk more about. The female characters. Yeah. I think, I think in the beginning of the film, it kind of feels like Sloane and Jean are opposites. One's kind of annoying, whiny, a killjoy, and Sloane's the cool, well-dressed, beautiful girlfriend. But I actually think they're both really awesome characters. I actually think they really are. I do agree with you on that. I really like them both. Definitely the beginning, Jean is so... She's just yeah, like you know, you, you think she's kind of gonna be in a way on the you know, the main teacher's side where they're sort of both trying right. to snake him out and yeah. she's so uptight and just a killjoy at school. Yeah. And then Sloane definitely like I mean you've already said this, she's just the complete opposite at the beginning of the mm-hmm. film at least, you know, just a cool cucumber. Ex- she knew from the beginning that it was Ferris pulling mm-hmm. her out of the class. So mm-hmm. she's clearly in on all the jokes, she's clearly up for a yeah. laugh. But I like that. I like that she's a bit wise as well. Mm. She's not just a pretty face. Like, it's quite funny when she even says to her, her teacher, sort of, to wind him up right before she yeah. shoots off in a Ferrari with her boyfriend. She's <laughs> like, wow, like, you're a beautiful man. Yeah. <laughs> she knows she can yeah. kind of push it a bit. Yeah, definitely. So she's, she is more than just a pretty face. Oh, she's so much more. And she, she's got the banter as well. Yeah, Like, it's not just Ferris is the funny one. She is in on all their jokes. She has, you know, definitely she for films at the time, she's got actual lines and yeah. depth to her character She as could well. have more, though, she could, I That is say. true. She, yeah, I would agree with that as well. But, but it's also interesting that know. both, I guess, sort of, like... The, if you're excluding the mum, the mm-hmm. women in Ferris's life yeah. are, they do sort of push on his character a bit. Like, they kind of help encourage him to be who he is. Like, I feel like yeah. he's like battling against them in a yeah. way. Like, he does actually get along with them and he respects them both as well. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't see himself as better than them. Oh, no. At all. He definitely, I think, treats them all along the same lines yeah, as him. Yeah, nice. Definitely. Let's talk about Jean for a second. Because okay. she is yeah. kind of the stereotypical maybe like just annoying person yeah. she there's a scene in the hallway where she gets called a heartless wench <laughs> which i thought was such a funny quote because yeah. wench is literally like a shakespearean insult they would yeah. use to kind of you know just show you know a really stereotyped yeah. kind of female character yeah. but she really undoes it because she first of all kind of just goes against what everyone else things she's yeah. probably she's the most cleverer. individual yeah as in she knows more than her parents that ferris is faking being ill yeah she knows compared to everyone at school that he's not this you know saint yeah all built up she can see through it all and she doesn't shrink you know she doesn't yeah. think oh gosh you know i might get bullied at school for this she yeah. completely owns the fact that she can see through it yeah and she doesn't really care what she people doesn't. think about her. I think she changes the most as well, though. Yeah. Because although she, it is cool the way she stands up to everyone, she also learns that she needs to relax a bit and have yeah. a good time. De- yeah. I mean, you definitely see that. She's also in an odd way who I think a lot of girls 
equally would like to be like in a way because I feel I like think, Sloane in the uh, traditional sense yeah. also yeah it's in the traditional sense is who I feel like girls would be like oh wow you know dress as well so pretty she's got the cool boyfriend at school mm-hmm. whereas I actually think that Jean's got a lot going for her and yeah. her transition when she's suddenly at a police station yeah like, making then, out with Charlie Sheen with this guy and just you know having a proper like you know like she talks back to him she doesn't yeah. take it and she's you know she fights for herself like she yeah. physically attacks the teacher she brings the police you know she's She's, she is that strong independent woman who I feel like girls kind of you know what I mean I feel like we watch it and kind of be Mm. like actually she is cool I think you could almost say she kind of this film that character kind of marks a change like she's kind of She's kind of like Cat in 10 Things I Hate About You. But I mean, that film came out, what, 16 years mm, after this one? Yeah. And even nowadays, I think maybe our generation yeah. would appreciate Jean more than they would have back then. Yeah. I would also say she probably has the biggest kind of arc. And then the mm. other person who has that big of an arc would be Cameron. I completely. They both, you do see so much sort of character development mm-hmm. and them come to realise a lot about themselves as well in the way that so Jean realises that maybe she is a bit too uptight she does need to join in a bit on have a yeah. laugh Cameron equally realises I need to stand up for myself yeah. I have been pushed over by he mentions his dad in particular yeah. the most but I mean Morris. I feel like <laughs> I feel like both his parents haven't really been there for him no. he's clearly had a very neglected childhood mm-hmm. and he has a lot of self esteem issues it yeah. seems as well mental health issues as well yeah let's actually talk about the gallery scene in chicago that's a that's my favorite scene in the film yeah this is maybe my favorite scene maybe my favorite song yeah we see cameron well we see the three of the friends together but we also see cameron by himself a lot and i think it's a really melancholic scene i think we should play the song before we fully yeah and then we can go let's go into detail about that scene a bit
So that was an acoustic cover of The Smiths Please 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 Let Me Get What I Want by The Dream Academy. I personally actually just really like this acoustic version. I love it. I really just like the sound, particularly in contrast to the first song. Mm-hmm. It's such a different vibe. It's it's a completely yeah. different. It's gone from, you know, a really punky song to show them being fast to now actually encompassing so many different emotions in one song. So many different emotions. It also is the first use of a song in this film where it's this song is almost replacing dialogue and it's also yeah. a song that doesn't even have lyrics, yeah. which I think is a really interesting choice. Yeah. But I really do agree. It encompasses yeah. so many different feelings Definitely. because we see the three of them together being best mates, yeah. which is so sweet. Yeah, I agree. They're we so see Sloane and Ferris kissing in front of mm-hmm. the blue Mark Chagall um, America windows, they're called. Um, but in addition to that, we also see... Cameron alone and yeah. he's looking at this Seurat painting yeah. um it's a pointless painting so then I think that's okay. a really interesting one to choose to be zooming in on over yeah. and over again because the more you zoom in there's actually just nothing there yeah. it kind of loses yeah. its meaning I think that says a lot about the moment in itself because I mean the song sort of circling back to what you said originally the fact it doesn't have lyrics just shows mm-hmm. how powerful it is that yeah. you are getting we're so supposed to concentrate across you're, you're concentrating you're just and it's such a nice complementing of music mm-hmm. and art in like yeah. a moment together and definitely when you're talking about it zooming in on him i just think you see that internal conflict he has yeah. with himself but he's trying to i mean a it focusing focuses in on the child in the painting yeah. and definitely i think sort of reflecting how his Mm-hmm. problems and issues are related and stemming back to his childhood it's to do with his, his family. family home and the child is you know sort of looking at us but you don't see any eyes you know there's no like facial it's features it's very sort of there's a person there but you don't know who it is i feel like he doesn't really know who he is and yeah. i feel like that's sort of blank face also, reflects him a bit yeah also the fact that it's zooming in and it's obsessed with the details yeah. i think that kind of reflects his issues with anxiety because yeah. he obsesses over overthinking things in the yeah. same way it's over analyzing this yeah. face to the point where you're just looking at dots like there's nothing there if you do no. that whereas ferris would never do that ferris would just be like let's have yeah, fun ferris is almost like mind, a hedonist and mm. he, he just cameron is like existential yeah and it's interesting that they found each other as well. yeah i love that like opposite attract- and actually their friendship itself just to have a bit of a mm-hmm. um yeah, spin-off here, is that i there's something so supportive about them. i love it as in ferris doesn't think that cameron is weird or annoying no. or anything in fact he's very supportive of so cameron's supportive. issues when cameron's having that moment with you know the dad kicking the car and it's basically yeah. having a bit of a breakdown realization moment having such a climax to sort of mm-hmm. you know like his character development yeah he ferris is listening and he's looking concerned he's not yeah. thinking oh God, what's going on here he lets him speak. He lets him talk. And he yeah. even holds back Sloane when she was about to interrupt him. Because mm-hmm. he knows that that's his friend. He knows that he needs this moment. Yeah. And he's like a proud... He's proud of Cameron yeah. for doing this. He's also, not annoyed yeah. by him at any point. Ferris has a lot of friends, which, which we see throughout the film. Yeah. But he chooses Cameron. Yeah. yeah. And he I think that's yeah. cute. He chooses someone who's so completely, utterly different. That's a great him. thing as well. Yeah. It shows Ferris isn't that superficial. I feel like the way we've actually been talking about Ferris is 
as if we don't like him that much or yeah. if he's not that no, interesting. I, I actually think, because in most, I think in a lot of those films, the sort of the main popular guy is seen mm-hmm. as, you know, the sort of football lad and he yeah. is a bit, you know, gets all the girls. Whereas Ferris doesn't need all that sort of vanity and that. Yeah, he just has he, his he just unit. Has, yeah, he is slow, he, he is Cameron. 100% and he trusts them. Yeah. And he, I think he respects them a lot. Like he yeah. wants, he doesn't need anyone else's approval, but he wants to make them happy. Yeah, he, although when, mm, there oh. is a lot of debate over whether Ferris is a bit of a psychopath. I mean, what do you think about the fact he does make Cameron steal his father's car? He does push him. I mean, when I have said he is supportive and wants to make him happy, he also does... Is he selfish? Yeah. He's, he does it, I think he does it in a way for him to get what he wants as well. Yeah. And there is an egotistical side of him, but he is also, I guess, the main character. Mm-hmm. Who, like, he's got to have a bit of an ego going. And he doesn't do it in a malicious way. No. It's never mean, like, it's never to get someone in trouble. I mean, in fact, he wants to take the blame yeah. for the car being wrecked. And yeah. when he actually goes on that, is it called a float, you know, yeah. the parade? Yeah. He does that because Cameron said, oh, this hasn't been a good enough day. Yeah. So he is egotistical, but he also... So he does do things for himself, but he also does it in a way to sort of make sure his main friends are, I guess, happy as well. Yeah, I would say, I mean, maybe it's just because I do really like the film, but I would Mm. say he makes Cameron steal the car because it's good for Cameron. Yeah. And it does end up being like the keystone to him developing, which is what a coming of age film is all about. And it's what coming of age is all about. Yeah. And in fact, actually just bringing it back to the... The, to the, the song, yeah, to, no, to the song in the art gallery. Uh-huh. Just to finish off on that, I think um, that that moment is actually when I think Cameron does have that moment of realization. Yeah, because it's just him alone in this room looking at this painting, mm-hmm. and I think he's just having a moment to really, really reflect upon his life. And there's and no Cameron, voices. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no internal noise and. You know, the other two characters aren't there with him. He's mm-hmm. having a moment of solitude to actually mm. think and realise. I think that's a real big moment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's... No, it's a very important moment in the scene, I would say. But sorry, you wanted to go talk about the parade. Are we ready to Well, I was just to about to say, moment? speaking of the parade, yeah. he says... I love the bit when he no. says, this is dedicated to a man who doesn't think he's yeah. seen anything good to do. <laughs> Cameron it's so Fry, slick. It's this so is for slick. you. It's so slick. Yeah. I mean, Ferris is so cool. He's got that suave going for him, doesn't he? And I love the song. Also, I like that we this song we've heard, all, although this is the main part where it plays, mm. he sings this in the shower at the beginning of the day. Yeah. The other person we see singing this is Ed Rooney. He yeah. hums it when he arrives to Ferris's house to hunt him down, which is just really yeah, funny that, that he sings it as well. Um but yeah, here it is. It's yeah, actually it. one of my, another it. one of my favorites from this film.
love that song (laughs) i like it as well actually this is so there are two songs that happen in really quick succession though in the parade scene so we hear that then there's a very brief dialogue which is maybe like one of the most crucial dialogues in the film it's kind of the heart Mm. of the film which is between sloan and cameron actually Mm. two characters who maybe you wouldn't expect to see a scene no in fact i think it's the only time they talk just as a two yeah um, I think Quite they're always, yeah, there's it's definitely always Ferris with them mm-hmm. normally. Um, I think actually it's quite interesting how you mentioned the fact that this song plays as well when Ed's mm-hmm. humming it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that maybe suggests that there's a little bit of Ferris in everyone in a way, like a little bit yeah. of cheekiness because Ed actually Ed is, is a bit like determined Ferris, as in he's as Ferris. so determined and he's very clever to think of ideas as in he yeah. messes around in the same way trying to get through you know the dog yeah. flap and yeah. you know, as in he breaks into the house as in I don't know he's if that's uncool, maybe why they <laughs> clash so much because yeah. they actually have oddly that same level of determination mm-hmm. and sort of odd way of handling I like situations that. I hadn't thought of that no and it's, I, like I think that. that yeah there's maybe why they do clash and that he because I mean he's so obsessed with Ferris yeah. he's He's spent the entire day running around after him, getting attacked by dogs, losing mm-hmm. his shoe in mm-hmm. mud, as in, and he never gives up. No. Um, but yeah, the moment, I mean, it's quite a nice song for Parade as well. Like, there's yeah, something like quite it. sweet and it's wholesome yeah. um, about it. And the dialogue that we see is when Cameron and Sloane talk about the future. Yeah. And basically, Neither of them have a clue. Yeah. And it's quite nice to see. Yeah, I was going to say, that's definitely, you said it, one of my favourite dialogues in the film because it is just so, I just think it's something every young person has related to. Yeah. I just think that conversation with your friend, 
every person in their life realistically has had a moment being like god what is my future plans what do i want to be when i'm older what do i want to study and especially a moment like them where they're thinking about leaving school and Mm -hmm. going off to their you know respective places yeah you do just have to sort of laugh it off because those things can actually be quite sad the idea of moving away from home ending such a massive chapter in your life yeah. I think they're all just going to really miss each other. And they it is just a really sweet moment. It how they sweet. sort of, And it feels nostalgic, even though yeah. they're really yeah. having it in the yeah. moment. Sort of just, just the two of them yeah. speaking very openly and honestly, not trying to show off, not talking about, you know, grades and exams, mm-hmm. just speaking honestly about the fact we don't know what we're doing. And I think it's just a very nice moment. Yeah, it teaches them the importance of the moment and just enjoying mm. the present Definitely. but that's something ferris even addresses later on when he's one of the occasions where he's breaking the fourth wall when he taught when he's saying you know i'm gonna go to one school cameron's gonna go to another yeah. this is it yeah and there's something so bittersweet about it yeah it definitely is bittersweet and again i think that's why it's such a good coming of age yeah. film because it does really show that feeling which so many children for that age not children but I mean the yeah. the audience would be feeling is that bittersweet the excitement of going to that next chapter in your life yeah but then also the fact you're having to give up mm. what has been all you've known yeah. at that stage in your life and Ferris you know does have a good time he's not someone yeah. who's longing to go to uni in that sense and yeah even well, Cameron, we just don't even know we don't really find something. out much about their future I think no. that makes it a good coming of age yeah. film because I think often i guess it more happens with tv series yeah. that do this when they kind of get to that awkward bit where they're leaving and everything just seems to unravel a bit so yeah. i like that this is quite pure i mean the whole film takes place across one day yeah which is quite special quite there aren't many films right. like that that is actually true i hadn't thought about the fact it is all just yeah in, you know it is just one it's day literally about seizing the day i guess and i think that is that's quite actually that is actually quite cool really haven't thought of that and especially yeah i think it is because they don't show the future because it does sort of i guess you still i think you relate to it more in that respect. it doesn't matter because you don't see what the future happens. doesn't matter it doesn't no. matter where they go what they do yeah. it's just about that day and i guess that is sort of the whole point of the film yeah. is to and don't not, waste your life away sad. enjoy your life while yeah. you're young yeah, shall I, I quote? Shall I quote, hit you with a quote? Hit me with the quote. The the quote that begins and rounds off the film is "Life moves pretty fast. If you don't <laughs> stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it." And that's the truth. And that I literally sums up the film yeah. as well. It is about those experiences you do only have when you're young. Yeah, that just the way you have fun changes yeah. as you get older yeah. and i just think it really shows that transition of how they are looking into the future but still enjoying yeah. their time to act yeah like it's the bittersweet but it's not too negative and i think yeah the way they round off that dialogue by making a joke about how ferris will be a fry cook at least and then we <laughs> cut into the next song really quickly yeah and this is Again, a Beatles song over complicate things I yeah think, as well this is a really uplifting Beatles song called twist and shout but before we play it i also wanted to mention that this isn't the first time we've sort of heard about the Beatles in this film again at the beginning of the film ferris quotes john lennon who says i don't believe in the Beatles; i just believe in me and I think that's quite interesting because, yeah. again, it's like, why assign all these meanings to things? Just simplify it and enjoy it a bit. Yeah. I guess maybe that would be one interpretation of it. Although yeah. it's a bit of a... It's quite it's an interesting quote, though. 
individual as well like yeah sort of, it's like I'm not he maybe that maybe that person. is like his egotistical side yeah. as well <laughs> I mean you can read it either way you can read it either yeah. way um but this is such a good moment yeah it's so uplifting it's so fun, seeing it? the whole of Chicago dancing it makes it's me want to so join good. in I love it let's let's play the song let's and play then, the then the song. we'll talk here we go in case there's some hardcore Beatles fans out there you're probably thinking that doesn't sound like the Beatles it's actually they used a tribute band's cover of it probably because it was cheaper or because they couldn't get the original to sign off yeah. on it yeah um I mean I don't I think it doesn't take away from oh no the, no no I'm just it, yeah no I think it's good to mention but it's still the same upbeat just like you just like getting a feet and dance as yeah. if when I was watching the scene and yeah. you, you want to join a flash mob or something because everyone's suddenly dancing and we even see the dad dancing in his office in quite a comical way yeah and you see everyone in terms of even Cameron who mm-hmm. has been quite a reserved character mm. he suddenly sort of you know shouts out Ferris yeah. and you can see that he's actually excited by this and there's babies dancing as well yeah i was just saying it's kind of interesting the characters like experiencing the soundtrack as we are like it's almost immersive for the characters which is quite cool that is actually quite cool using yeah they can definitely 
sense that same excitement. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying about how we even see Cameron dancing, it's interesting that music is being used to kind of... Yeah. I don't know. It makes you come out of his shell a It bit, makes the film what it is. Yeah. No, oh, yeah it does it makes the importance Cameron's of the trajectory what it is. Yeah. I think definitely in, in like general terms, the music does reflect Cameron's emotions through like sort yeah. of so much of it. Actually, and to an extent more than Ferris's, I think. But um, yeah. Yeah. So this song is kind of the last hurrah of them in Chicago in the city before we see them go back to the garage and pick up the Ferrari and head back to suburbia, just to put a bit of context in place. I do really like all of those shots of the Ferrari and them on the road together. Like, they are really nice. But I guess the Ferrari is kind of also a really sad symbol of the film. I was going to say, it's a very symbolic feature, actually, of the film, because it's... So it represents the the Cameron's dad's like love, like isn't mm-hmm. you know it's so materialistic, mm-hmm. and then um, Ferris sees it as you know the symbol of like fun and rebellion, mm. whereas it's then Cameron's like downfall in a way in terms it's of Cameron's but then also his oh, yeah, as in he's literally competing against an object at the end mm. of the day, and then. You know, it's sort of, it's what brings him down in the beginning, you know, so worried about hurting it. But then it's also what allows him to sort of take Freedom. charge of his life when he's sort of physically attacking it and physically overcoming <laughs> it, I guess, in a way yeah. as well. But it is, it does show there's a lot of elements of highlighting materialism, being materialistic, and also yeah. like non-tangible sort of the importance of those like I feel like yeah they want to make yeah. memories and like us seeing them make memories is yeah the best part of the film definitely as in like for Ferris it's just about yeah definitely like seizing the day mm-hmm. and the car isn't the important thing whereas for you know people like Cameron's dad that is the important thing and then that's sort of where a lot of the roots of the issues are so I feel like maybe they're making mm-hmm. some sort of point about you know, mm-hmm. just sort of living in the moment rather than always focusing on material wealth yeah, and I like that point. On a more positive point, the next song is probably the most kind of trademark Ferris Bueller's Day Off song. It's the Chicka Chicka yeah. song. It's got a very iconic sound it's to so it. It's so iconic. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I think, one of the most memorable songs from mm-hmm. as well, just because the sound is it so It runs sort throughout, of unlike some of the others. Yeah, and that's true. It does, it comes back into play. It's not just played once. It's also it. just the perfect kind of bad boy song yeah, for Ferris. definitely. It's got that rebellious sort of like cheekiness. It's got the cheekiness. Definitely. Right, let's just play Ferris's anthem then. This is Yellow and it's Oh Yeah, and you will definitely recognise it.
so cool. It is a very cool song, actually, isn't it? There's something... I mean, I feel like we've given the main points about the sort of the cheekiness and mm-hmm. the very a boyish sound to it as well. It's the sound of success and victory as well. Ferris yeah. gets, you know, close to getting caught, but he doesn't. Yeah, no, and I mean... And that is also the charm about Ferris as well, isn't yeah. it? Is that he is always one step ahead of He's the game. Smooth, yeah. Yeah, and no one can actually really catch him out like everyone knows mm-hmm. he's everyone always sort of mm-hmm. knows it's him like the teacher knows that he's yeah the, yeah Edward Rooney. yeah but um again a song which they both have in common in a way as mm-hmm. well because in that end scene it was played yeah with him. it's kind of a bonus there's this there's the end bit because the film finishes really nicely with a song we're going to play next yeah we'll so come on to that with Ferris getting back into bed and again quoting the quote yeah. I've already mentioned yeah. about how you've got to stop and appreciate life. But then when the credits are rolling, we do see Edward Rooney actually having to get a lift in the school bus <laughs> and that song plays. Yeah. I guess maybe that kind of reinforces Ferris's victory. Yeah. That as in, that you know, that same sort of victory sounding upbeat music, which really does encompass Ferris's personality, is then contrasting with this really run-down, beaten version <laughs> of Ed Rooney. He's literally been attacked by a dog. His suit's all messed yeah. up. And sort of having to get on a school bus with people who aren't meant... You know, I as know. a teacher, you're meant to sort of be a superior, I, I guess. So I he guess gets it's sort of like... Yeah, by you're a student, really... and now he is with the students. Yeah, so he's really being put in his place a bit. Yeah, it's and funny. the song, I feel like, maybe pushes him down a little bit further. Yeah, it's like you're right. Ferris is high, and then his low... low. Um, the should we talk about the sort of chasing, chasing each other home? The siblings chasing each other home. Yeah, yeah. Or should we talk about the moment right before that, which is when Sloane and Ferris actually leave Cameron behind when he is like, "I'm gonna stand up to my parents. Yep, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, you guys head home. You guys go. I mean, a a very independent moment for Cameron, mm-hmm. who. he's really reclaiming his situation and saying no into my own hands and I feel like again as a coming of age film Mm -hmm. it sort of of does show him growing up and ready for that next stage in life because he's like I'm not a child anymore I'm doing something alone without Ferris exactly which I feel like Ferris is very much the leader of the group he is the leader and then it's nice to see Cameron break out of that Mm. submissive role yeah definitely he's not the psychic no he isn't and then it just sort of cuts to a very much a more couple moment. Yeah, I film. really like this scene. It's yeah. it's like the sun is setting. It's we're starting it's to get really to the nice. end of the day. Yeah. There's nice lighting. Yeah, they share a really nice moment. No, and the song. The song is so like eighties song is really vibe, nice. as in it's so sort of teenage mm-hmm. in that time. I know, especially sort of it just it really just I feel like give that moment it feels of really a teenage care- couple kind yeah. of together. In also, the just 80s. how sort of carefree it is. Like, yeah, there's no pressure no. on them in a way. Like they're actually just about to have a really nice summer. Yeah. And it's just quite they're nice. happy with each other. Yeah. You know, it's a solid it's relationship. As in, it feels very... Almost like... As in, you really do see the solidness of their relationship. Yeah. As in, so it's mentioned marriage a few times <laughs> as well. Which yeah. is, I mean, a bit yeah, no, intense. Is... But as in, you don't look at their relationship yeah. and actually really think, oh, they're, you know, just children. Or Ferris yeah. is, you know, the very dominant one and he sort yeah. of always tells her what to do. It's actually quite... It's for their age, quite immature, sweet, yeah. but innocent as well as mature yeah. relationship. Yeah. And I feel like that song gives it that sort of yeah, lightheartedness, really but nice. also people being 
being in love Mm -hmm. because they are clearly very much actually in love with each other yeah yeah it's also the same band who did the cover earlier of the smiths it's the dream academy again which is again the only sort of intimate moment we really see between the couple yeah as in we see so them clearly we the really like the yeah. Academy and they well. clearly yeah they're really setting the scene and the mood for it's such a nice moment. ferris and sloan it is a nice moment the song so... is called the edge of forever and as we just mentioned it's the dream academy again here it is
lovely song. Definitely. I think that's definitely one of my favourite ones. I think it might be my favourite. I think it just really suits the moment. It really just rounds off so nice. It makes you feel good. It makes me wish it was summer as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think it really represents Ferris. As in, I feel like it's something quite playful, but romantic and quite young and like gentle about it as well. And I feel like... It's just a good age, mm. I think, when you're just about to finish school. Yeah. And the future looks good. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's a very upbeat song. And I feel like it's a sign of the times as well in terms of... It just, I feel like 80s. that... Yeah, and I feel like that's... You can imagine an Ferris like, listening to it in something as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like it fits him as, like, a way to, like, end the yeah, film. Yeah, it fits their little group as well. Definitely. Have you seen any other John Hughes films? Because he also directed The Breakfast um, Club, 16 yeah. Candles. I have seen The Breakfast Club, but it was just quite a long time ago. But again, did another like film it? with... I did like it. Yeah. And another film with, you know, everyone knows a lot of the... You know, the songs yeah, are quite song iconic. Because, end, you know, like the ending the song, song. You know, people know that. Yeah. And so again... He is good at... He's good at making... Definitely. The, uh, songs iconic mm. and I can't synonymous say I've seen even with his songs. 16 Candles. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that either, actually. I would agree that in terms of the soundtracks for maybe his sort of mm-hmm. types of film they do match up quite well yeah. with like fitting a song it's interesting to he the does vibe. so many coming of age films as well yeah that is actually interesting kind of nailed the genre yeah no definitely because those i mean those three films i would say are very much some of the most well-known yeah absolutely. and iconic um coming of age also films. define the, I- the 80s a lot yeah no they were very actually really Big films, Great which you still watch to this day, yeah. as in people have heard of The Breakfast Club rather oh, than because yeah. you know compared to the new modern yeah it's interesting. coming of age films. It's interesting because there are films that our parents love and continue to love that I think kids often or people our age love just as much, which is yeah. unusual. I mean, it shows how I guess well they've been mm-hmm. made and how much they have managed to capture how people do feel at that age yeah because and they're things so that 80s but they're yeah. also so timeless yeah as in it's very sort of that thing. mutual feelings between mm. teenagers as in i like that they've clearly managed to sort of encapsulate that so well also before we finish i want to know who your favorite character mm. is that's actually quite a difficult question because they're all in odd ways quite relatable. I mean, not or in odd ways. I guess that's why it's so you successful. you are the but... most like? Well, I was going to Well, I feel like that's too difficult. I was going to say my favourite character, I think, is Cameron. But yeah. I wouldn't argue I'm most like him. I think I like Cameron because he is relatable because I think he's so honest about his emotions mm-hmm. as in he clearly has a lot to deal with in his family life. Mm. I mean, the beginning scenes, he seems very sort of depressed and yeah, sad depressed. yeah and almost this film actually kind of addresses mental health it does because even the moment when he's on the pool and sort of yeah. falls in there he's is like he's literally was, like disassociated yeah as in he wasn't such part a of it. he had kind he of genuinely had mental breakdowns and he had anxiety yeah. attacks and they were depicted in the film yeah and he's clearly a good person because he's got someone you know like ferris as a friend yeah. and sloan really likes him as in mm. so he's i think a solid guy i think he's had a lot to deal with and especially as like a male character dealing with mental health yeah. in a film i think it's quite interesting to depict and that loneliness. side of things definitely loneliness and how money can't Within buy you everything yeah so like he brings a lot of 
contemporary issues yeah but then also just the you can noticeably see his character development which mm-hmm. we've definitely touched which on which is really see. great to see and just i love the idea that he's taking charge as school's ending you know it's like turning a new leaf you know he's yeah. saying i'm finished with this chapter i'm about to write my next one love and it's just that, quite a positive Augie. way because it is a quite a positive film at the end of the day it is it's uplifting yeah and what about you tell me who do you relate to or who's your favorite character oh. what are you thinking I do, I do think I have to agree Cameron's my favourite, yeah. but I still like, Ferris is so cool. He, yeah. I really <laughs> wish I was day, more like true. Ferris. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us know I do want to be more I like know, Ferris. I it's, know, it's so textbook the way people yeah. react to the film because everyone wants to be like Ferris. Yeah, because he is, he is just that cool guy He's, who gets over yeah. everything and you know he's going to be successful as well. It's true. As in because he is... People like him, despite him being so naughty and mischievous. He's such a likeable guy mm. that he's someone who... You know those people who you can, like, get away with murder? Oh, <laughs> God. Not quite that yeah. deep. I mean, you know those sort of... That, like, cheeky, chappy kind yeah. of vibe. He definitely's nailed. Yeah, he has nailed but it. even just... And then, I like all, all the characters. Gene is so great as well. Yeah, I Sloane is great, even like though her. I feel like Sloane could have... She maybe had more. more to her mm. written to her yeah even the mum we were saying earlier is quite cool because they do show just how it is a working family and she's mm-hmm. also as a female character dealing with the emotional labour of the marriage yeah, like she, they yeah. do ring her and disrupt she her at work she has to pick her up from the station. she has to pick up the station. she gets her. told about the, not the dad yeah. doesn't get cooled or drawn out of work and her job gets disrupted exactly so I think it does it doesn't even try to stress that that much but it is interesting <laughs> yeah, I can't that's tell if they're even trying to be progressive no, or it's just reality yeah, I think it is <laughs> a, it's a very minimal detail and I don't yeah. think it is them making a point but if it is reality it does show a lot yeah, of the emotional labour the women in families yeah. often balancing a job and the family life yeah. a lot of the time and how you know she actually lost the deal yeah but as in, right. and no one sort of no one cares no one cares at the end of the day but she does care so it's showing how she also does care you can be a woman who cares a lot about her job yeah. and the family life as well which yeah, is quite like maybe there's just this whole other side to the film that yeah. no one's really appreciated no. before yeah but, but it's um, ahead of its time about it's, mental yeah. health about everything see it's about it very yeah i mean relationships it's very balanced parents they will you know yeah you know idea of that sort of family of like all respecting each other and things Mm -hmm. and definitely i think the mental health and the roles of the women Mm -hmm. were ahead of time for 1983 yeah especially worrying to say but yeah yeah, it part we realize it passes the backdoor test as well which Mm. is impressive considering you know, I don't even want to know the statistics, but no. like so many films that are going to get best no. picture at the Oscars and everything won't. Yeah. And that this is what almost forty years later. Yeah, and we're still crazy. the fact I do think we're still talking about it just shows that then today it's a good film. Yeah, it's a good film. It's also a really good escapism film. Definitely. If you're getting some Corona blues, <laughs> um, um, we have decided next week. By the way, our film will be The Royal Tenenbaums by Wes Anderson. So we hope to see you then. See you next week.